1: live on SENSA. Welcome to Eagles Radio. For enormous homes, build a better life, and My Money House, get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today.
2: Another Tuesday night. Welcome to Eagles Radio. All thanks to My Money House. Get your financial health check today. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au. Massive show tonight. We've got Legend of the club, Malcolm Blight, with us. He's sitting right next to us, and we'll talk to him very soon. My name's Paul Bonser, alongside me, Jimmy Tumpus. Tump, no, another massive show on Eagles Radio. Keeps getting better and better, doesn't Bons? Very excited. Yes, yeah, very excited. You can be part of the show, 1300 736 736, or you can text 0427 154 166. We've got a $50 voucher for 722 Bar and Bistro for the best. Call it. Now, thanks to BCE and CJ Electrical. Proud partners of the Woodville West Torrens Football Club. I—I I was We were chatting just before we started and I could introduce this man and everything he's done, but then we'd have no le- time left to talk to the great man, Malcolm Blight. Welcome to Eagles
0: Radio Blight. Paul, Jimmy, hi guys. No, look, talk about it. I, 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 can, I can listen if you want. I mean, I'm sure people would love to listen. Well, the main thing is, oh, it's 152 <laughs>
2: games. I didn't realise you played that many games for Woodville. So, 152 games and 342 goals, and 178 games for North Melbourne, 440 goals. You played seven state games for South Australia. You also played seven games for Victoria, which we'll speak about mm. later as well. But you grew up in that port area? Were you support supporter as a, as a. No, state no, state? I actually
0: drew up uh, four streets from uh, Davis Street, just uh, four oh, streets right. from Woodville Aval. So, lived in Davis Street as yeah. well? Uh, Woodville South, yeah. So that was my haunt and my likeness. But behind us, um, who used to babysit us, I had uh, four, with four siblings, um, uh, was Mr. And Mrs. Davis. Now, uh, Mr. Mrs. Johns. Rexy Johns yes. was a superstar at Port Adelaide at the time, and I was very, very young. And also Keith, his brother, played for Central District. So they were over the fence from us. So you, you started taking an interest from very, very young age uh, with Port Adelaide because of the, the Johns family. And Woodville were in the Amateur League then, virtually. Yeah. Yes.
3: And obviously, you started your career at Woodville. Tell us some of your, your earlier memories of your times
0: at Woodville. I think what actually happened was, in um, uh, 1959, a, long, a lot of years ago now, most <laughs> Woodville people remember this, and, and Central Districts people, was that the Sandville were 18 competition for 100 years, virtually, nearly 100 years. And uh, so they added central districts from the north and they, and they put Woodville amongst the western suburbs. So that came in 1959. So they became in the second competition until 1963. Six, in 1964, they played in the league. So that five year period there, I started to walk down to Woodville Oval and we could always get in the ground. You didn't have to pay. <laughs> found a ways in and out of the ground easily so all my mates so we go and watch woodville play in the seconds and they'd be playing uh, you know port adelaide in the seconds or nord in the seconds and so on so so they started to become the blokes that i wanted the hero uh, after playing locally at the beverly oval or the woodville south oval for a team called kilkenny cats which started off which became woodville south so which is now a competition in the adelaide footy league so It was a real just, you know, anything within four streets, I knew every letterbox, I knew every every person living in the area. And
3: on that, was the Woodpeckers back then? Yes, it was. Yeah, and then what did it change to?
0: The Warriors. The Warriors. When okay. I came back as coach after playing in uh, for North Melbourne, uh, actually the board had already decided that prior to me getting there, so we took on the Warriors just to do something slightly different.
2: Was that... I was, I was going to ask you whether you had any influence on that because he came back as a player coach and we're jumping ahead a little bit yeah. here but uh, so that was already
0: decided before he came yeah back? it was actually and they, they asked me what I thought of it and I thought well look I love the woodpeckers it was great but you know that Someone said, "Well, they're not the most vicious little thing going around." So <laughs> I said, "Hang on, hang on. They can, you know, they can chop down a tree." But anyhow, uh, the Warriors was a brand new look and all that sort of stuff, and uh, and and it was a bit more space age and a bit more for the young kids at the time. So, you know, we all sort we all bought into it.
2: Was it tough in the early years of Woodville? New team coming into the sample yeah. competition up against the powerhouses of Port Glenelg, yeah. Norwood, Sturd, etc. Uh, was it tough to start off as a
0: as a new club? Look, I think it was. I mean, history says now that you can understand that it's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I, I just—I don't mean this in the—you know—in the wrong way, but you know, the ports and the Nords—they were hardened criminals mm. in that competition, in in real sense. So, and a lot of the people um, that the administration of Woodville, you know, were just hard workers. They were doers, and they were really good people. But they hadn't had the experience that, that other clubs had, so it took a while. And I think that was always the case, anyhow. But you know what? When you're out there playing, I never ever thought that. I ever thought all I want to do is get a kick and hopefully you won. When you won, the beer tasted better. That was that was the only thing I ever worked out. <laughs> I can definitely attest to that. The beers definitely do taste better, Whitey.
3: Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Port and the Nord, and I mean, particularly coming back, you know, my time at, at Port Adelaide and Melbourne, and back into the sample, You appreciate the history of the sample a lot more. And I'll, Jade is my coach, and he talks sure. a lot about his time of yeah. playing. Who were some of the really great players that you played with and against during that time
0: i think if i just start with woodville first and i mean that was you know they were my heroes after brixie johnson that um there's a guy called bob simmonson now I, I you know i've known bob for 50 i ended up playing with him and, and ray Huppets so they, they were the two when you look at the mantelpiece those two sit squarely on top of it and bob simmonson i i used to go home and emulate bob when i was nine years of age um Kick, he used to kick right foot and left foot. Well, anyone I'd seen prior to that, no one could ever do that. So I'd actually go home. Not that I had a footy, by the way. I'd kick a sock or a rock or anything. So it was just anything that you could pick up and kick. So I actually started kicking on my left foot. So I actually became much more natural on my left foot than what I probably did on my right foot, all because of a guy like him. And he used to take a bit of a specky, you know, and I used to love that. So I'd go home and jump on mum's laundry wall it was concrete underneath, mate. You learn to balance yourself, <laughs> so I just jump as high as I could up the wall. Someone said to me, "Well, you, you were born with a spring." I said, "No, hang on, hang on, hang on, woo, woo, woo." And this is not being rude, but it's true. I've never seen anyone come out the womb, their mother's womb, kicking a footy, marking a footy, handballing a footy, da 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 da. So it's all learnt behaviour. So you know when everyone says, to them, oh, he's a natural," no, what 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 mum and dad give you naturally is a bit of a bit of size. Maybe a bit of uh, speed. And, yeah, that's about it. The rest of it's all learnt behaviour. So they were my heroes at the time. But certainly Ray Hupperts, courageous, unbelievably small, but tough as nails. Mate, he was genuinely tough and a really good player. When did
2: you get your first approach? You you obviously went to North Melbourne. Was there other clubs at the time that were knocking on your door as well after you won them Gary Medal?
0: Yeah, well, in those days... um, I mean, everyone knows about the All Australian team now, and they say, oh, "How come Lee Matthews only got a couple, and Kevin Bartlett only got a couple, and bloody, you've only got three or something?" Well, from 1972, uh, there was a carnival where they pick all the, you know, the best teams from each state, and we went to Perth and we played a knockout carnival system. So that's where the All Australian. Escort Cup. No, 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 no. no. no During the, the season yes. to... Okay. Yeah. Imagine this: the whole football world in each state, the major states, every state of Australia stopped. We all hopped on a plane and went and played for South Australia, Victoria, Western Australia. right? So it was called the Carnival and it used to happen only every three or four years. So you can only ever get an All-Australian if you're any good and lucky enough to play in it every three or four years. So that didn't happen again until seven years from my ages of 22 to 29 or 30. There was no All-Australians ever given. So that's the story of that. But however, I was lucky enough to get a gig and during that game we played Victoria and I ended up playing full back purely by accident and made the All Australian team. It was only one of two South Australians. So that sort of, you're going okay at Woodville, but it sort of kick started the whole thing. I thought, hang hey, on, well, who's this bloke? So at the end of that carnival, but I won't answer your question, um, yeah, a few clubs come up and spoke to me, including Ray Huppert, who was a teammate and obviously at Woodville and also the state player. And I remember talking to Footch at the time, Western Bulldogs. Anyhow, I just got the feeling when I was in the room, they were really after Ray, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I spoke to I spoke to a couple of other clubs, but they were really just... There. And I also spoke to a Perth club, which I, I sort of was interesting, actually, to think, well, maybe, maybe you know, whatever. Anyhow, so to cut a long story short, North Melbourne, there's a guy called Ron Joseph. Um, they'd won one game that year, at the end of the year. So Ron just was persistent as hell. And um, he, he convinced me... That North Melbourne were going to be on this in fact you'd almost write the history now from it's about the same one game they've won, and anyhow there was you know they were going to do a b, c d and e, and you know come and join us so eventually I did. can I be a little rude here and and mm. ask what financially they offered you back in well let's put, yeah look, it, it was i mean it was yeah. i mean the interesting thing was I won the McGarry medal um uh end of that year yes uh and I have got less than a thousand dollars and let's just say you could sort of ten times your money by going across the border. Now that wasn't massive. And the you know, the average wage, it was about thirty percent of the average wage. You know, I did a thing the other day at the Adelaide Crows and going through what the in the last thirty years the salary, the salary's gone up four hundred and twenty six percent compared compared to the average median wage paid in wow. Australia. Jeez. That's football. I did some numbers, it's amazing. So, yeah, it wasn't great, but it was good. It was better than not doing it.
3: (laughs) In terms of the the quality of football from Sample to VFL, how was that comparable
0: back then? Yeah, look, I mean, Jimmy, it's it's a simple numbers game. Victoria had four times the population. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't, it is very difficult to say Robin and Ebert wouldn't get a kick. Now, you know, Russell did come to Melbourne and had a reasonable year, not a great year, reasonable year, and, and at an older age, but you got four times as many choices, so I think the really great ones would be great anywhere. What actually happened? They batted way down. So if the tenth best player in the sandfall was, you know, eight out of ten, they're probably still nine in Melbourne. You know, and you, know, you, got, you can't decry what happened because until you actually live that system and understand how hard it is by swapping states and all that sort of stuff. So you know, I'm always mindful of the South Australian. If they, if a lot of those blokes came and went to them at Victoria at the time, I'm sure they would have been better because you train better, you train harder, you learn to be more competitive. So there's lots of all those other things. It's just, it's just hard to say, well, that wasn't that or that was that. Did it, did it feel to you that it took you a year or so to be
2: relatively successful at North Melbourne or because they started off as a relatively unsuccessful club when you went there, you sort of slotted in quite nicely?
0: Um, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people think that uh, I was a bit slow to start with. Well, I was. It's hard in hospital. <laughs> you know, I found it. I just found it hard in hospital to actually to get a lot of kicks. You, you know, I mean, I had yeah, yeah, injured, <laughs> injured, you know, injured. Anyway, I finally got. I got two. I remember clearly about round seven or eight. I got two best on grounds. I'd finally got going because I'd run twenty k's. This is no. This this is the, one of the really good stories. Is that the first game I didn't get clear? Woodville didn't clear me, which is fair enough. It used to debate. And in the end, it cost him $50,000, North Melbourne, to get my clearance. Back oh, wow. then, back in 1970. That's a lot of money, yeah. Oh, mate, it, uh, add that up now, that's probably million, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so what actually happened, was the first game they didn't clear me. And so I actually, and the s- Sunday after, Brass used to, if you won, Brass was the easiest bloke to get on the world with. And if, you, if you lost, you just flog. Anyhow, this was a flog, a 20K flog on the roads around Melbourne. Jeez. Sunday morning running after blokes playing well I didn't play so I started off pretty fresh <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, cut a long story short I, 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 I chafed mate four k's was my go you know 20 k's I just hadn't done that before you know I didn't I couldn't think that 20k anyhow in the end I started running wrong and my bloody calf at the end of it was like a knife so I, I remember my wife Patsy just putting ice foamets on it in you know, the old ice and just trying to get it going and Anyhow, so I played the following week, and I got the votes on the front of the Herald Sun, or as it was called then, the Sun. I got three votes in my first ever game, so against the Bulldogs at Arden Street. So, so all the all the bad talk about South Australians that couldn't play. There's only mm-hmm. five or six over there yeah. at the time, Jimmy, and you know but South Australia had a really rotten name because <laughs> they said, well, no one here can play, which yeah. is silly, of course. But anyhow, so then I played, missed, played, missed, played, miss, and then I finally got going, and then I don't know. I got glandular fever. So I got really, really crook. So I missed the last six or eight weeks of the season. So it was, you know, it was one of those that, you know, at some stages rather you had some highs, but then, there, as I said, it's hard to get a kick in the hospital bed. <laughs> 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 All right, well, we might take a break. We'll come back uh, with more of Malcolm Blight. This is Eagles Radio.
1: On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life. And My Money House, get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Welcome
2: back to Eagles Radio. All thanks to Incredible Smiles. Are you missing teeth or dentures? See Incredible Smiles today. And Malcolm Blight we, is with us now and he's talking with us. All thanks to BCE and CJ Electrical, proud partners of the Woodville West Horrens Football Club, Jimmy Tumpus. Bonds, you've tasked me with the first question and I've got numerous to ask, buddy. <laughs> uh, I know
3: we only have um, a little bit of time left with you, mate, but I guess we're sort of at your your North Melbourne days can you talk us through, I guess, to try and summarise that little period there, some highlights during that time, some fantastic players, some fantastic games you played in? I know there was obviously a lot you went
0: through during that time. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think the, the bottom line is we, we played in five grand finals in a row, which is fairly handy. Obviously, a coach called Barassi and a lot of great players. And I think one of the interesting things was in 1975, this is um, – I learned a bit about footy. Um, I also played my first state game for Victoria, so that was in my second year. I actually – I missed hospitals that year and we ended up playing in a grand final won that the following year, uh, that year. But halfway through the year, or early in the year, I was playing centre half back. You know, I played every spot on the ground, bar first ruck. Every week I was somewhere different. But anyhow, um, we lost our first four games and um, so we had a meeting just the players, Barassi, the coach, and the, and the president, Alan Aylett, the great Alan Aylett. Anyhow. What had happened, there'd been some you know the old locker room talk, Brass is starting to lose it. All he did was look at mistakes and he coached on mistakes, so the whole thing is negative, negative, negative. Anyhow, that was the way it was done then. So Alan Ailett's got up in front so he said, just the players, forty odd fifty players. He said, see this bloke here, he's coaching us. If any of you want to talk about it and don't like it, you can piss off now. I'll give you a check right now. You come up if you have the guts to stand up here, walk up to me. I will pay you a cheque. He had his cheque I will pay you what we owe you and get out of the town, right? Well, of course. Any player going to do that? Of course not. Jeez. So you just, mate, this is like, this, this is what footy's about. This is perhaps what we missed at Woodfield, you know, because we were a young club. I mean, that somewhere along the line, something just affects you. And from that day onwards, I thought, well, hang on, there's only one way this is going to go, right? You're either you're going to put your head down and ask up and shut up, or you're going to get out of town. So... I mean, I I think the whole team just said, well, this is is unbending. This is called administration at its very best. I'd never seen it before. You'd seen it now. That stuck with me through my whole rest of my coaching, playing career, that you take control of your own life and the people around you actually try and help you through it. So it it was a poignant moment for me. And as it turned out, North Melbourne won their first ever premiership after 50 years in the competition. So was it that one thing no of course not there were a lot of good players yeah. the only way you win is a lot of good players but it was ooh hey, oh, let's not let's not muck around with this now so it was really poignant
2: when did the idea of coaching first come in your head ah, obviously yeah. obviously took over from Barras when he yeah. when he uh, yeah. got sacked but yeah when when did was that sort of building yes, as it was. your career went yeah. on yeah
0: what actually happened was we were so lucky a guy called Ron Casey used to run World of Sport in Channel 7 and a guy called Gary Fenton he's offside, he's second in charge. We're both North Melbourne supporters, mad North Melbourne supporters, and Ron ended up coming on the board. So what actually happened was, we, we had a bit of an advantage, I think. You know, in the old days, there was the three-quarter tape, like now you've got a CD or, you know, V D V D or whatever. But So we you'd only get three games televised in Melbourne in those days out of the six. So because North Melbourne was a big ticket item, we used to get a lot of games. So we would go to the Channel 7 studio on a Thursday night, go and have a meal there, and then Brass would show clips of what we usually stuffed up it was, it was, you know but I was, I was taken by ah you can actually coach with eyes and actually I, I was starting to play with my eyes which is a whole different thing most people try and play with their brains but you actually play with your eyes because your brain takes over. As soon as your brain takes over, your eyes miss out. So it says, you know, I can't get a kick, I can't get a kick. Well, no, hang on, if you keep your eyes, ah, it's gone to Jimmy, it's gone to Paul, it's gone to Blighty, da-da-da-da, so you actually play with your eyes. Anyhow, so I started coaching, looking at the game with my eyes, and I was fascinated by this medium called looking back and playing back. So and And to actually take that story a fraction further, during my Geelong coaching days, I actually got a camera behind the goals well before anyone ever heard about it. And one day, a guy called Barry Stoneham, who was a great player for us, gave someone a little punch. And, of course, the AFL knew that we had that camera. And I said, look, it, it broke down, mate. We didn't have it for that <laughs> so, so, so they actually banned us from using a camera. So I went down the other end and got a kid to do it. And then it became part of folklore now. But it was actually – we start, I started it at Geelong. I wanted to see the movement uh, from behind the ball.
3: That's brilliant. Yeah. Um Take you back a couple of years to the 1977 granny. Yeah. Um, obviously famously started in the middle, got moved forward after quarter time, and then bench at three-quarter time. Yeah. I find this story fascinating because you go on to win the Brownler the following year, the best and fairest, You're yeah, leading goalkicker for the club. Can you talk me
0: through that specific moment in your recollections of that? Yeah, look, what had happened, once again, I mean, Brass was just devilish on errors. Um, and in the first quarter, I was, I was actually rock raving so... And I thought, oh beauty, you know, I'm not forward pocket, I'm not half back flank, I'm not full back, I'm not bloody wing. I played it, anyhow. So I, I got a kick it early in the game and I, I have never seen it back actually. I just remember I, I bloody hooked it back too much. Normally I'd had a shot for goal. <laughs> Stupid. Anyhow done that. Yeah, Collingwood <laughs> player got it, bounce, bounce, bounce and they kicked a goal. Well the next you know, the renner the runner just sat on my lap for the next three minute you know, thirteen minutes, belting me. And at quarter time he's coming. He said, "Yeah, buddy, yeah, bloody kick. Go to the forward pocket, you know." Anyhow, so I've gone from there on the ball to forward pocket. Collingwood kicks six goals to nil in the next half of footy. Now forward pocket, you know what it's like, Jimmy. She's tough not, you know, not <laughs>
3: graveyard shift. They call it. Yeah, and, and if it's
0: not coming down, yeah. And, I, and I, so I just got, I got marooned. Anyhow, three quarter time you're down. Anyhow, he said uh, Johnny Byrne, who was a really good player for us. He, he wasn't having a great day as a ruck rover, so he said, "Burn you, get off. You're useless, blight. You go back and do your tricks or whatever." He said, and anyhow, said, so, well, oh, bad luck, Johnny, but you're beauty." <laughs> you know, anyhow, we walked away from the hut. He said, "Nah, bugger it, blight. You're off." So that was it. It was. I mean, it was as cold and as calculating as that, and that's fine. I mean, I had to cop it. I did. Anyhow, we drew the game. Now the following week, there was a lot of talk whether three of us would be in and all that sort of stuff. Anyhow. The, the net result is, I think I had twenty-seven touches, kicked two goals, and set four up in the grand final, and a lot of places got best, second best. That you know, so I got the votes, sort of. Anyhow. so after the after the game, Brassy rang me up on the Monday, and when I got best on ground in the Herald Sun, you know, which is the biggest paper in town, and three AW, the biggest radio station, he rang. He said, "Oh, I think I've made a mistake with you." <laughs> this is this, no. He said, I, "I didn't even give you a vote in the best and fairest." Yeah. For him to say that's bloody honest. For him to be that wrong is terrible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, anyhow, he said, I am going to make it up to you. So I ended up going out and had a few lunches with him. We went to the Australian Open Tennis when it was played at Kiyonga. <laughs> Mate, I went across to Tassie and met his mum. And I, I mean, I, from that, I won the brown on the ear because he, he just got off your back. Do you know what I mean? So that's a long way of st- a story. But it wasn't until you got best in the grand final that they actually started talking properly to you. It was amazing. You came back and was playing
2: coach at Woodville? Yep. Um, Was that just an instant thing for you? Yes, I want to go back home to South Australia. I want to coach my club.
0: Yeah. Well, at North Melbourne, you know, I'd done everything, you know, fortunately. uh, as You know, Brownlows and I kicked 100 goals. I just finished kicking 100 goals and we played in a final series. And I just thought... I really wanted a coach, you know, I, because of what had happened. It didn't last as the last playing coach in the competition, the VFL. And I thought, well, what's the worst footy club I can go to? It just happened to be my home club, <laughs> and, who, who'd, who'd also won one game. So it was, and I thought, no, nah, if I'm going to coach, and I do have the passion to do it, if, if you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go back to the worst club in Australia, senior club, which happened to be my own club, which obviously I could buy into, of course. So it was really a passion to return and, and give something back to the club, and and eventually after a lot of weeding out, because you don't win one game with good players, you don't win one game with good players. So you had to go through a whole system, and I guess do a lot of recruiting and, and also play some kids. So and you learnt that coaching, you know, I was mad as a meat axe then, you know, I could yell as anyone, but also I started teaching. And coaching is about eyes, I mentioned earlier, and also technique. So I actually started adding technique to the coaching rather than just stru- – I mean, structure's easy. You play here, here, and here. I mean, I can do that blindfolded. But to actually help uh, – Jimmy, look, he's beat you twice on that side. Why don't you swap sides? Get on the other side of him. So you actually started talking at technique in the game and, and all that sort of stuff, So, which I really, really enjoyed. And from the playing coaching side of things is- – I put myself in that position now and
3: think, I could not do that, no. well, so particularly if I'm playing a poor game. Um, How would you find that?
0: Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, at Woodville, it was, it was probably, and this is, sounds funny, but it was easier because I was older. Mm-hmm. Now, I was appointed coach at North Melbourne at 30 years of age, and you're playing with some of the greats of all time. So, you know, it, it was difficult because and we had so many injuries, you know, and that's why I opted out. I had a chance to stay, but I opted out. I thought, this ain't working. And it happened at the Richmond. I, at MCG, we were playing Richmond. It was a true story. I kicked four goals, eight for the day, would you believe? And after the game, we played two first gamers. And I was going around the room, and, you know, pretty sane and sensible. I just said to, you know, just say, John, John, we're just going to spend some time on your kicking. And, and Fred, we're going to have to spend some time on your kicking. And I've just kicked four goals, eight as the, <laughs> as a, as the guru. <laughs> I, I, and tough. I could, yeah. And I I went, oh, gee, hang on. I think the world's changing. It had changed yeah, there were a lot of playing coaches up to me mm-hmm. and then no one ever did it after because the, you could see the questioning from the players. In the old days, was, you run through that wall. But, but education was changing, sport was changing, dollars was coming into the game. So it was a whole different approach to coaching. So that was the end of that. It's just fascinating. We
2: could speak for hours and hours, but we don't, we don't have much longer. I just want to ask you, uh, maybe a final question, your thoughts on the Sandful, mm-hmm. and where do you think it's
0: heading in the next maybe four or five years? I, I think it's where it's at. And, and one of the things I've come to terms with is that p- perhaps I was fortunate enough to play both in the Sandful and VFL and you have a really a good broad range of, of eyes on it. I just think now, um, and knowing some really good people, I just think if you think you're a development competition, now, there's a tier up there. We all know that. If, and if you think there's something else, you're kidding yourself. The only way Sandford will be better and thrive and survive is that guys like Jimmy get picked up, play the AFL, and, and does, do what he's doing now. Once he's, you know, he's, he's had his fill, whether that be one year, 10 years, or 20 years, come back and help that development league called the Sandford. And I think that way the whole system goes. Once you get that in your head... It's clear to me what it should be. It was no different to what I did. You know, you went away to another competition, you come back and hopefully you help that next group of youngsters through. So I, I, I'm, I'm clear on it. It will stay. It will be viable. Will it Will it be on the front page every time? No, but it might be on the second page. Well, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. And along uh, along the way, it will be front page because of what it gives to the next competition above.
2: Fantastic. Malcolm, again, we, it just, we just could could be here for hours and hours, but uh, we do appreciate your time. And we also thank BCE and CJ Electrical. For all your electrical needs, make sure you call them up. Uh, they are great supporters of the Woodville West Orange Footy Club for more than 10 years. And uh, Malcolm, thanks again for being on Eagles Radio. It's been fantastic
0: having you as a guest. Paul and Jimmy. Jimmy, good luck too. Two in a row, three in a row, mate. Be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've said over the years, I've said one's great, one premiership's great, two, you freaks. Three's a bloody miracle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good on you, mate. It'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be great.
2: <laughs> this is Eagles Radio. All thanks to Incredible Smiles. Get a more permanent fix. To missing teeth or dentures, check incrediblesmiles.com.au. And uh, once again, very special thanks to our guest, Malcolm Blight. We'll be back here on Eagles Radio after the break.
1: On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For Enormous homes. Build a better life. And my money house. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today.
2: Welcome back to Eagles Radio. What about that interview with the great man, the Messiah, Malcolm
1: Blight? As good as it gets, hasn't
2: it? I could listen to him talk for hours and hours. We could have gone on and on, and we, we just spoke in the break. The podcast has to be coming, doesn't
3: it? Doesn't it? Absolutely, and he'll yeah. be your first guest.
2: All right, so uh, this is Eagles Radio, all thanks to Normus Homes, Building a Better Life, and we've got a very special guest. The beautiful Belinda is here from Norma's thank Homes. You, it's great kind. to have you back. You were here last season and uh, back again.
4: I was, thank you.
2: Tell us about Normous Homes.
4: Uh, I guess we've been established uh, since 1991, so we've got really great longevity in the industry. Um, we have um, a high-end custom home arm of the business, which is really doing fantastic, uh, focused around custom home building, customer service, you know, getting back to the good old-fashioned way of looking after people, giving them our time. So that's the real focus for us at the moment. Yeah, so it's going well. It's Fantastic.
3: Brilliant, Blinda. And I guess we see as being a Woodville person, normless everywhere, we see your product at home. I guess I'd love to know from your your thoughts on, on what makes... Normus stand out from the crowd. We see builders everywhere, but what makes Normus stand out?
4: Yes, it's certainly a question that we get that is often hard to explain. Um, and it is one of those things where getting people to come and talk to us, they very quickly feel comfortable with us. Um, they understand that we actually care about, genuinely care about the process that they're going through and um, the time that it takes, the money that they're spending, uh, and offering them really good advice up front and a transparency. So it's a really a, a mutual respect, I guess, and that's how we identify ourselves as offering them something that's a little bit different. We have a team of experts, all of whom are involved. So it is actually a team of people when you come and build with us that you have looking after you, and our expertise becomes the client's. So they very quickly have um, their mind put at rest and they get to start to relax and enjoy the process. And that's really important for us.
3: And I know you mentioned you have a team, but I think we are speaking off air before about your role in particular, and I think it's a really critical role um, and can be one of the toughest roles in, 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 the, uh, in the process or the journey, if you like. Can you talk us through
4: what you actually do? Yeah, well, I guess with us uh, offering our clients a continuity of care was really important. Um, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to understand when it comes to building. There's a lot that needs to happen um, to pull a project together. And uh, I guess from uh, my experience in the past, people have sort of felt a little bit uncomfortable or or, um, not at ease when they're bouncing from from person to person. So it was really important to us that really from the time they are ready to enter into a contract, they're looked after one person and that's then their person for the whole duration of the process, whether it be selections, during the construction phase, when we hand over the home and we also offer a 12-month defect liability period. So people really have peace of mind that their person isn't going anywhere. So we find that that's really well received and that's important to us that we can offer that. To our clients.
2: What's the most important thing? People are going to build a home, they come to Normus. What's what should people know? What's the is there one thing that they should know that the most important thing about building with Normus?
4: I think the most important thing is understanding um, that we have their best interests at heart that we genuinely care about their build and every build is treated as if it is our own. We try to make sure we don't use the typical cliche salesy type taglines. It's not who we are, but we do genuinely care and we do offer our clients a lot of time, whether it's myself, our operations manager, our general manager is hands-on. They really have any expert that they need at any stage of the process.
3: And more, most importantly, you've partnered with Woodward West Torrens Eagles. Yep. Um, what attracted you? And, and I mean, we obviously had that same attraction, but why did you guys partner with us as a football club?
4: Yes, well, we've been a partner for over 10 years now. Um, Clayton, our managing director, is very passionate about the club. And I think for him, it was really important to give back to the community. We feel that we align well with a sporting club, Um, The ethics, trust, hard work, dedication, all of those things that come with a football club really closely align with our business. Um, So, yeah, it was just a good chance to be a part of a community and give back to the communities that we are, you know, building beautiful new homes within. It's
2: obviously been a very tough time for the building industry over the last couple of years with the pandemic. How enormous, how, how have your company coped? through these tough times
4: yes it's certainly been challenging and we're all having conversations with clients with trades with suppliers that really we've never had to have before but it's been really important to us that we remain transparent we're not afraid of having these conversations with um, clients as we need to Uh, we ourselves haven't experienced anything like this before Um, but again it's it's building that rapport in the beginning gaining people's trust um, genuinely in the beginning so that when we do have to deliver information, uh, provide them with updates, that they know that we are doing our very best on their behalf. So for us, um, giving the client reassurance that their project is always of the utmost importance to us and delivering it to them in a timely manner and to budget is always our focus. So we've communicated with them, remain transparent, and it's it's worked.
2: Do you still get a buzz when you hand the keys over? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's oh, obviously yes. the best part of your job. <laughs> yes. Here's your new home. Absolutely.
4: Look, it, it never gets old. It's um, an absolute privilege uh, working with a client, and especially working with them for the whole duration yeah. I, you know, I say to them, you'll love us, you'll hate us, you'll, you know, it's a real roller coaster. Um, but it's a 12 month period that you're working with someone, sometimes longer, depending on, you know, the size and the scale of the home. And handing those keys over and saying to them, here it is, you know, we can get out now. <laughs> you don't have to ask if you can come in anymore is actually, you know, really, really wonderful. And we actually have a 100% client satisfaction. Super proud of that. You know, it's, it's almost unprecedented in the industry, but we don't have any bad news stories. And that's something that we've worked really hard to achieve and we are extremely proud of.
3: And you can, I mean, it's a testament. You can tell the passion and, and the emotion that comes out when you talk about it. So it's it's no wonder you have that rating there. Um, and it feels like it's a bit more transactional, uh, more than an, a, a transactional process. So, how can people get in touch, the SEN, SA family, our Eagles fans? How can we get in touch with Normus?
4: Yes, well, we have our um, award winning display homes uh, at 3A and 3B Samuel Street, Tranmere. Uh, they are open. Monday Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Now open times are on our website. It's a really good chance to go and view our product, uh, talk to our custom homes consultant who's very, very good at what he does, extremely experienced, and view the quality of the builds. Um, the homes have um, achieved amazing feedback and it's all around the quality of construction. So it's just a great chance to see our product first hand, see what you're actually getting um, for your money when you build with us, and to have a chat to an expert right from the beginning, get some really good advice.
2: Belinda, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate you making the time to come into the studio here and have a chat with us. Uh, great supporters of the club, and if you are thinking about building a new home, there is no other place to go. Just just Google Normous Homes. I think there's a link on link on the club website as well. So uh, thanks again for coming in, Belinda.
4: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
2: This is Eagles Radio. Three-quarter time after the break, we've got the Good Life Injury Report. Won't be long.
1: On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today.
2: Into the last quarter on Eagles Radio. Paul Bonzer, Jimmy Tumpus with you. And Eagles Radio is all thanks to Kirk Bright Seafood. From the ocean to them to you. Um, now it's time for the Good Life Health Club Injury Report. Good Life Health Clubs, start feeling good for life. Let's do that. Was that good? That's pretty good. <laughs> best of your dinner, I think. Um, <laughs> There's not, the the injury list is looking pretty good. Dane McFarlane's still a couple of weeks away with his hammy. But I think most of the other players are just about right, aren't they? I
3: think so, yeah. Dane is, yeah, like it says here, two or three weeks away. I reckon he'll probably be pushing to come closer to that or Mm. earlier than that. Uh, I saw him at training last night and he was flying. But you're right, I was actually at the physio today and the physio did, tell me to make mention of him and the job they're doing to get us healthier. So it's a credit to Leading Edge, Andrew Darcy, James Short, and the team there, that they're doing a fantastic job. So I told him I'd give him a plug and there it is. What were you doing there? I was just my weekly maintenance. I'm getting old, Bonds, right. so I need a... So just a quick a, oil change. A, and... a tune-up here and there. Does has got a long way to getting me through the season.
2: Right, but Kobe Mutt should be right. Uh, Jared Allman should be okay. Rory Lehman, uh, we spoke of uh, during the break, that he should be okay as well. So... The list is getting stronger as we're just past the halfway mark. It's uh, good signs.
3: It is, yeah. And, and, I mean, we've still got a long way to go, so things may change. But touch wood, we stay healthy and, and build into what hopefully is going to be a successful year for us.
2: That was the injury update, all thanks to Good Life Health Clubs. Good Life Health Clubs, good for tightening the belt and good for life. Start your five-day free trial today. Visit goodlife.com.au. Now, club news. This Saturday, this Saturday is the big lunch, the hospital research longest table home match lunch, 65 bucks a ticket. And then, uh, which is, you know, obviously your food and drink and your lunch and have a, a great time and a guest speaker. And, and then we're raising money for hospital research foundation.
3: Fantastic partner, charity, uh, charity partner. So that we have, and I mean, I've been to a couple of these long lunches when I wasn't playing and, and spoke unfortunately, and they're a fantastic event. The club do them so, so well. So, um, yeah, come along if you can.
2: And now it is an early start against the doggies on the weekend. What time is it? It's a one o'clock start. Oh, okay. Lucky I told oh, yeah. you, you would get there know. a half time. I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, yeah, one o'clock start. So a bit of an early start. So make sure you're there early on Saturday. And the, I called the dogs' port game on the weekend and the dogs are slowly building into a, getting their best line up on the field. So, they look pretty good and solid, and in the end, Port just ran over the top of them in the last quarter, but uh, won't we won't have it all our own way on Saturday against the Doggies.
3: No, I, I don't think any team at the moment you can have it your own way um, at all, and we've seen that this year with a lot of the, the teams who are sort of coming towards the bottom of the ladder. They're, they're very competitive, and, and Doggies are always like that. You give them a sniff, particularly early in the game, they're really hard to put away, and they base their game on one-on-one contests, and so do we. So um, if Woodville somehow recovers from the South Adelaide game, it's probably going to be a pretty tight contested game, I would have thought Yes, once. the Oval you're talking about. Now, you're the not oval. training there this week. You're training no, at Ottawa. We are. We're at Ottawa, which is our, our base for our women's program. So yes. really fantastic service there. They're actually It's actually been really amazing. So we were there last night. Lights were good. Deck was good. The, the club rooms were amazing as well. So we're there all this week to give Woody Oval a bit of a rest.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, um, just on the central, it, it, the... The five closed up a bit with South beating North, mm-hmm. which was good. And uh, Sturt going down to Glenelg. So there was closing the gap at six and three. If we can get across the dogs, seven and three looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. And looks reasonably comfortable to try and lock in the top three spot. Cause that's what we're aiming for, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Top threes. It'd, it'd be difficult to win outside the top three in the center for with the way the, the finals are structured there. So, I think you want to be top three. Um, In my mind, I reckon second or third is probably the best spot to finish. I don't like having that week off. And then if you win that first but you have two weeks off out of four. So two or third, let's just make finals first of all. I reckon that's obviously a positive. (laughs) But then you look from there and um, top three is where you want to be. But you're right. The sample is closing up a little bit at the moment. And the teams below, I mean, Port aren't out of it by any stretch. They get some... Players healthy, uh, they're, they're a very dangerous lineup, up and, and Crows are the same. So it's going to be an interesting back end of the year, I reckon.
2: Yeah, I, I think the next uh, yeah, next 10 weeks is going to be very exciting across the board. Now, you don't want to talk about the NBA, do you? I would love to. I don't think you do.
3: <laughs> for anyone that doesn't understand that question, I'm a big Warriors fan and, and Bonds is a big Celtics fan. And, and yeah. what's the score on for the series at the moment, Bonds?
2: I can't remember. Oh, no. It's 3-2 it's
3: okay. and we're off to Boston to... Close it out in well, Game 6.
2: All I can say is uh, Game 7, bring it on. So We'll we we, get there. No, we'll get there. And, <laughs> and maybe, or right, if Game 7, which I think it might be next Tuesday, Game oh, 7, there you go. it'll be very, very we interesting. Watch so maybe we should <laughs> have a couple of little friendly wages on that uh, gamble responsibly. Um, mate, uh, what about Blighty? we got a, about a minute to go in the show. Um, it, it was just amazing. The, the aura that the man has.
3: Yeah, I've... I've seen Blighty before. I've never properly had a good chat with him, and we could have spoke with him for Yonks. He's an absolute ripper, and you're right that, or he as you You're just compelled when you listen to him talk. He's an absolute ripper, and, and you actually go through some of the statistics and what he's actually achieved. It's pretty bloody amazing.
2: Hall of Fame legend. Yep. I think that says enough. He was an amazing Absolutely. footballer, coach, uh, he's done Did it, it all. all. Yeah. Um, and now he's been on Eagles radio just to top off his career.
3: <laughs> that's probably the biggest accomplishment I would
2: have thought. <laughs> Get to chat to you and me. How I'm good. sure that's somewhere down the bottom of his list of achievements, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great to have him on there. And look, we'll, we'll, we'll try and bend his arm and we'll try and do a long podcast. Cause I think all Woodville supporters, Eagles supporters, West Torren supporters will want to, uh, hear from the great man, a bit longer than just yeah, half hour.
3: Absolutely, he's like we said. He's been to so many clubs. He's pretty much seen it absolutely all from a coaching perspective, from a playing perspective. So I think something like that would be pretty cool.
2: Now remember to turn the fader down this week. That was good, wasn't it? Good work, Vons. <laughs> well done. Getting better at this job. <laughs> Don't forget, you can hear us every Tuesday night at five thirty here on your home of sport, SENSA, coming to you live from uh, Studio Limo, number one, King William Street. Vons, it's been fantastic. Great to have you in the studio Thank again. Bons. All right, uh, don't forget, next Tuesday night we'll be back again with more guests and more fun, all here on Eagles Radio.